On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Tesla will start cracking down on supercharger squatters, Elon Musk meets the incoming president of the United States, and might a currently retired paint color option be about to return? All that and more right now. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joining you, as always, each and every week here on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast for uh, December 18th, 2016. It's episode number 72. I am fresh back. It's late at night. I've got a lot going on this weekend, so got to squeeze in the podcast where I can. Just got back from seeing Star Wars Rogue One, which was a really fun movie. Very curious to see how I feel about it after I've digested it for a bit, but uh, the my initial my initial thought is definitely to recommend it. It's it is very dark. It's probably the darkest uh, film of any of the eight of them in tone. So be be warned. I mean, it is PG thirteen, so it's pretty clear. Uh, if you've got younger children, I know I won't be taking my five year old to it, but really uh, quite an interesting film. So I'm sure it's going to do quite well at the box office. Anyway, plenty going on this week. In fact, uh, despite the fact that it's December, we're heading towards the holidays. Tesla news doesn't slow down. First uh, big story this week was Elon Musk joining a bunch of tech industry executives, such as Apple CEO Tim Cook, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos, in a meeting uh, with President-elect Donald Trump as part of the President-elect's tech industry summit. Here's Elon introducing himself at that big meeting. Uh, Elon Musk, the CEO of SpaceX and Tesla, uh, building rockets and cars and solar stuff in the U.S. I'm really excited about expanding our manufacturing footprint in the U.S. Elon's going to be part of the incoming president's strategic and policy forum, a group of high-profile businessmen that will be, quote, called upon to meet with the president frequently to share their specific experience and knowledge as the president implements his economic agenda, end quote. Uh, And in fact, here is Donald Trump addressing uh, not just Elon, but the entire group about, uh, about what he is thinking with this whole uh, tech summit thing that he held at Trump Tower in New York. I'm here to help you folks do well. And you're doing well right now. And I'm very honored by the bounce. They're all talking about the bounce. So right now, everybody in this room has to like me at least a little bit. But uh, we're going to try and have that bounce continue. And perhaps even more importantly, we want you to keep going with the incredible innovation. There's nobody like you in the world. In the world, there's nobody like the people in this room. And uh, anything we can do to help this go along, and uh, we're going to be there for you. And well, I'll tell you, you know, I, I've struggled with whether or not to even do this story because you know I just pr- would prefer to keep politics out of this podcast as much as possible. You probably uh, get enough of it in your daily lives, your other daily feeds, and you know I want this podcast to be a fun thing about about Tesla and about the our passion and enthusiasm. For the cars and for the company, but in this case, I thought it appropriate because it is—I mean, it is as direct a situation as possible. It's not, you know, there, there's nothing sort of uh, second degree about this. It is Elon directly meeting with Trump. So uh, 
I got to say, I mean, regardless of your politics and and of Elon's, I believe, uh, based on covering this guy for the last number of years, that guy being Elon, of course, I uh, really think that Elon is not looking at this emotionally. I really think in the sense of going to Trump Tower and meeting with with uh, the president elect, I really believe based on what I've seen of of Elon and his how he tends to handle things. I really think that Elon took this meeting and said to himself, okay, this is the situation now. Let me see if I can do some good here. I really think that's was his thought process. I don't think that Elon's playing politics or looking for any business favors. I genuinely believe that Elon wants to try and make something good out of his position on this advisory board. I think that's why he probably accepted it. And I mean, hopefully... This means that Elon's going to get to continue uninterrupted with business as usual, uh, as opposed to, you know, uh, the new administration coming in and, and trying to, you know, change any any way that Elon's doing business or shut down any of any sort of or make it more difficult for him to to do uh, what he is doing, which is a lot of a lot of job growth. I mean, that is, that is, you know, Donald Trump's big, big focus for him is, is growing jobs, particularly in in industry. And Elon, uh, you know, has thousands of manufacturing jobs he's creating in this country. So, uh, also, I I mean, the other thing, if Trump really means what he said there, go back to what he said. He said, I'm here to help you folks do well. And then he, he noted, we want to keep you going with the incredible innovation, and we're going to be there for you. So if the president-elect really means what he said there, hopefully the government won't drag their feet when Elon's ready to deploy level four self-driving capability on the entire Tesla fleet. That's sort of the point I wanted to bring this around to for all of us. What does that mean? What does this meeting with Trump by Elon mean for all of us Tesla owners. And I'm hoping at the end of the day, that is what it's going to mean is that, you know, when, when Elon and the Tesla team, the autopilot team are ready with the software, we already, the cars are already are ready. Uh, so when the software is ready, hopefully the government will be there waiting to sign off on it and, uh, and not sort of drag their feet on for any reason whatsoever. Next up this week, Tesla is going to start cracking down on supercharger squatters. A uh, gentleman, a, a Tesla owner, tweeted Elon Musk saying, the, t- the San Mateo supercharger, that San Mateo is right here locally in the Bay Area, by the way, and it's, you know, most superchargers, as, as all of you are well aware, are on interstates. They're between cities. They're meant for interstate travel, but in the higher concentration Tesla areas, of which the Bay Area, there, there quite possibly is no area with a greater concentration of Teslas than here in the San Francisco Bay Area. There are a couple of them that are in town as well. There's the one at the Fremont factory. There's one in Mountain View, which is uh, down in Silicon Valley. And there is one in San Mateo, which is up the peninsula, about 15 miles, uh, 17, 18 miles south of San Francisco proper. And it's outside, uh, it's at a Whole Foods, and it's, it's very close to the San Francisco International Airport. It's, in fact, it's very close. It's a, it's a quick ride down. It's about, I would say, 10 minutes from SFO to hit this San Mateo supercharger. And so uh, it's, it's the, the, the issue is that 
supercharger spots are being just parked on by people who, who are leaving their cars plugged in all night. And, and this, this is mostly not directed at average customers. This is people uh, who have Teslas as part of their limousine service, as part of their, their, uh, their fleet of cars of, uh, in their business. And so uh, these cars are sitting there all night and Tesla owners are, are complaining and getting upset, and justifiably so. That's a complete abuse of what the system for uh, what the system is for. So Elon replied to this tweet last uh, early in the week saying, "You're right. This is becoming an issue. Supercharger spots are meant for charging, not parking. Will take action." Now, when Elon says specifically, "Will take action," you know he's not kidding. That's just not when Elon says something like that, that's how it's going to go. That's going to happen. Because and I say that because after I had added this story to my to my notes for each week's show, but before I could actually sit down as I'm doing now and to record the show, Tesla announced that they are in fact doing something about it immediately. So there, this is very quick into action, and that plan is this: it is going to be a forty cent per minute fine. It's a fifty Canadian cents for those of you north of the border. A 40 cent per minute fine after your car has been fully charged. And if it's still sitting there plugged in after your car is fully charged, that fee will be waived if you get back to your car and unplug and leave within five minutes. However, if you just leave your car all night, like in the aforementioned example about uh, limo and car service uh, fleet cars, you're going to be facing a rather hefty fine in the morning. And Tesla notes on their website there is no cap on this. So if you were to do something really, I mean, nobody in this audience is going to do that, but if you were to do something extra crazy and say, leave your car, leave, leave the car parked, plugged in at a supercharger for, uh, say, a week while you go on vacation, it's really going to hurt the wallet when you get back. Uh, of course, I, I don't anticipate that many, if any, of the fines would be quite that severe, but you know, you could be looking at over a couple hundred dollars if you do leave it plugged in overnight. Uh, Tesla issued a statement that says in part, quote, we envision a future where cars move themselves once fully charged, enhancing network efficiency and the customer experience even further. Until then, we ask that vehicles be moved from the supercharger once fully charged. One would never leave a car parked at a gas station right at the pump, and the same rule applies with superchargers. There again, just Plain old common sense and logic. To be clear, this change is purely about increasing customer happiness, and we hope to never make any money from it. So, you know, this this is just a courtesy thing, folks. I mean, the, the Tesla community, as I've noted many times over in the past, it's a wonderful community. Based on the seven years now that I've spent observing it and being a small part of it in my own little way, if you care enough about Tesla, uh, the Tesla world, the Tesla community to listen to this podcast, then I got to figure you'd probably never be guilty of supercharger abuse like this. But it's a friendly reminder for those of you who do own Teslas now and to the rest of us who will be getting them, be neighborly. Be neighborly with your fellow Tesla owners. The Tesla community, just like any community, it's only as good as its owners and enthusiasts will it to be. So let's take good care of it. Next up this week, uh, 
news coming by way of a tip from Patreon producer Nick Hoffman. Nick, thank you for this tip. The seats in the Teslas, uh, the Model S specifically, because the X already sort of this already applies to the X. The seats in the S uh, have been upgraded for all Model S trims. You'll recall that I did a story just a few weeks ago that those premium seats from the X initially went into the P100Ds, then they went into the 90Ds or the P100Ds. Uh, now you can choose that's the premium seats, should you wish, in any configuration from the 60 kilowatt hour base Model S all the way up. Your choices are now, when it comes to seats in your Model S, you can do the included fabric seat option or the new premium seats from the X in uh, the usual black, tan, or the new vegan synthetic white color. And those are $2,500 options if you want to upgrade your seats. Uh, or rather, I should actually clarify. The fabric seat is included. The premium seats in black, tan, or synthetic, uh, the white, the ultra white, those are $2,500. The gray is gone. Uh, which I would suspect, like usual with Tesla, is all about manufacturing efficiency. And I suspect that simply nobody or you know, a very, very small percentage of customers were ordering that gray. It's a shame. I'm actually I'm recording from the uh, passenger seat. I'm inside my car, my Infinity, this week because I've got a I've got a, a cousin visiting from New Jersey. He's out in California for the first time. He actually I'm going to mention him. I'm going to give a shout out to Sean. He's upstairs sleeping right now. It's really late at night as I record this. He'd never been to California. So he just graduated college. He wants to work for Tesla. He's got a business degree. He wants to start, uh, try and get his foot in the door as a product specialist at the store level. Uh, it, he's applied in New Jersey, and, and uh, he's, he's hoping to eventually work his way up to get out here and work for Tesla corporate. So obviously, I'm very much rooting for him and willing to help him any way I can. If there are any, if the if any of the New Jersey store managers, Tesla store managers happen to be listening to this. Give my, give my cousin Sean a look. He's a good guy. Take a look. I helped him out with his resume. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's, I, I'm, that's a quick aside there. You know, I've got to look out for family, but, uh, gray is gone. Yeah. I, I, oh, that's the point I was getting at. I, I like gray, my Delore, I had gray in my DeLorean and my, uh, infinity here that I'm sitting in now is a gray interior. So I'm a fan of gray, and I liked it in the S, too. Uh, I'm a fan of it, but I guess not too many people are because gray is now gone. Oddly, the black leather seats are still available for $2,400, so only $100 less than the premium seats. So... I'm not sure why that's there because literally no one's going to click on that in the design studio. Who's going to take a an inferior seat for only a hundred dollar difference, hundred dollars less? That seems a little odd to me. But uh, all told, I will say that I'm really, really happy to see this. It, to me, I mean, it was a shame. I thought it was a shame to artificially limit the new seats to the higher trim cars. That's that's just sort of a artificial walled garden that. The Tesla's generally, you know, not really been been uh, guilty of much, but in hindsight here, I suspect it was probably due to supply issues on those premium seats back at the beginning. So that's why they just started it on the P100Ds, especially because they knew, you know, the P100Ds were supply constrained because of the battery packs. So that meant they're only going to get so many seat orders 
as well because they can only get so many car orders. But um, yeah, I, I so I think it was in hindsight, it probably was a supply issue and not Tesla, you know, trying to artificially limit people. Uh, or artificially limit the seat supply, rather, in order to to, con- to drive people to upgrade their configurations. So, I, um, again, like I said, they've never really been a company that's pulled that kind of thing. So, uh, if you're keeping score at home, by the way, this is now the third major seat version that Tesla has had in the S. There were the original Model S seats that if you had the performance trim, which my cousin Pat in Arizona does, they had the the colored, the accented piping around the the sort of edges of the seats. Although they were they were interesting. The black seats had a red piping. The tan seats, uh, I don't remember what color the tan piping was. It might have been black. But then the the gray seats, which my cousin Pat has, is like a yellow piping, which is so I always found a little odd. But so we went from those original seats to the next gen seats and now we are up to the premium seats and i mean the going from the original to the next gen uh, was a huge upgrade i haven't been in the premium seats in the s i've sat in them in the x and i think it's an incredibly comfortable seat relative to the other tesla seats that have been out there so uh, good to see that tesla is continuing to make improvements to the interior of of the cars Speaking of options on a Tesla, this next story, another crowdsourced one, another tip from a listener. I want to uh, send a shout out to Doug Harper. Thank you, Doug, for sending this in. And I want to caveat this up front, and Doug acknowledged this as well, but I want to make it explicitly clear, this might be a total non-story. I'm not sure, but I wanted to mention it anyway, in case it does end up being something. Then we can look back and, and look at, uh, we can point to Doug's detective work here. So... Uh, the question here is, is green about to make a comeback as a paint color? Here's, here's what you can do now. You can, you can take a look at this. This is what Doug found. When you go to the Tesla website, and when you click on the new inventory option from the Tesla homepage, so you know not going to the design studio, but instead taking a look at the brand new cars that Tesla has available in inventory, you can sort the cars by paint color. You know, if you're interested in a particular color, it's at the top of the page. And you can, uh, you can, in fact, click on green. There's a green option there. I mean, when I first saw this after getting Doug's email, I thought, oh, it must just include 2013, 2012 or 2013 green CPO cars uh, that they're using as inventory for whatever reason now. But no, in fact, I mean, or if it is, it's a miscommunication because it says right there on that page, new cars, pre-configured, built and ready to drive. That is the, the, the wording at the very top of the page. So that is a page for new cars. Now, when you do click on green, I've been clicking on it all week, checking in on it to see. I checked right before I, I recorded the show here to see if it had disappeared uh, it's still there as of my recording here on very, very late Friday night, uh, but no cars show up as you might expect. So when you, whereas, of course, when you click on other colors, it'll, it'll actually bring up some options for you, but there are, it doesn't bring up anything when you click on the green. But, uh, I, I do expect now one of two things to happen. The green option 
may disappear from this page as soon as Tesla hears about this. I know there are at least a handful of Tesla employees that listen to the show. Uh, and maybe it was just a mistake, you know, just a sort of still in there from the old, you know, back when green was an option, still in their system, you know. Or number two, the other option is it gets announced sometime soon. And it, even if that's the case, it might still disappear from the new inventory portion of the Tesla site for a little while until they're until they're ready to formally announce it. And I have to say, I think I think it would be great for the green to come back. I I'm not personally, it wouldn't be personally what I would choose, but I think it'd be great to come back for it to come back if only because Tesla could use a new paint color or two. Remember they just recently ditched the titanium metallic silver, which was a sort of champagne type color, and they ditched solid white. So there are not many color options available on the cars right now. And and green, which is some, something very much outside of the shades of black or gray family that accounts for two-thirds or three-quarters, pretty much all of the Tesla colors available now, except for the nice blue, the, the blue and multi-coat red. Everything else, you got your, you've got two blacks, the flat black and the obsidian black. You've got... Uh, the silver, you've got the, uh, gray, it's a dark gray, and I think I'm leaving out, I'm leaving out one color, uh, did I say, oh, the, just the, um, multi-coat white, pearl white, so those are all the other colors. Now, I've seen a good handful of green Model S's over, over time here, and I, you know, like I said, I'm I'm fairly neutral on it. I wouldn't order it. I'm fairly neutral on it in general. Uh, I I personally think it's a little too dark. You can't, in my experience, you can't super tell that it's green unless you're up close to it or the car's in the right light, which is actually kind of was kind of the case with the original metallic blue on the on the Model S. The Tesla they switched to a you know that ocean blue, that lighter blue that they have now, which I I personally like better. But uh, but the green again the green would be something different. I think it'd be interesting to try now, uh, especially uh, you know even even with it being a little on the darker side, just because with the re- the refreshed front end, there's so much more paint on the front end now. There's no you know they don't have the the black nose cone. You've got a, a just a, a big swath of paint across the front of the car, so that could uh, that could really look pretty cool. And, and I have to say, I think it'd be an interesting color to see on the X as well. You know, the, the S and the X, uh, share colors. Neither of them has a color that the other one doesn't. They both have the exact same color options. I'm not sure if I'd like it on the X, but, uh, I think it could be fun for some people and I'd like to see it. I'd love to see it. Of course, you know, that that's always the kicker with paint colors. You know, they're, they're almost all completely subjective. So, you know, one, one man's yellow is uh, one one yellow to one person is is a is an eyesore and to another it's it's a really cool sporty look so to each their own but we shall see keep an eye and see if Tesla either announces the uh, reintroduces green as a paint color option or just fi- if it's a mistake they just fix it and it disappears from the new inventory website all right that's all I've got for you news-wise this week. I've got a really cool, eclectic variety of phone calls lined up from you guys coming up right after this in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. 
Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It is, of course, your part of the show where I hear from you guys. I love this part of the show. It's so fun to get other people involved. You guys always have great questions, great comments, excellent discussion topics. Uh, and I remind you, of course, that you can call in any time with those questions, comments, and discussion topics. Anytime, 24-7, and is a toll-free number. That number is 1-888-989-8752. Actually, I've got... Uh, the upgraded uh, Life on Record voice mailbox, provi- the voice mailbox provided by, the hotline provided by Life on Record. I need to finish getting it set up, but everything will still work just fine. It's all transparent to you guys. But uh, so that's, yeah, that toll free number to call or Skype, 1 888 989 That's 1 Tesla, T S L A. And of course, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Please visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. We start from Dan in Michigan, who wanted to talk about the new law signed by Michigan Governor Rick Snyder with regard to autonomous driving vehicles. So Dan, you're on the air. Hey Ryan, um, this is Dan with from uh, Michigan. I was curious to know if you've heard anything about um, the fact that Michigan has recently, um, I guess, put a put a law in the books to allow self-driving vehicles um, on the roadways in Michigan. However, they still um, are, from what I understand, fighting Tesla on allowing them to have a have a dealership. Um, also, they currently have a showroom, uh, from what I understand, that they just put in uh, in Michigan, and I haven't had a chance to go up there yet, but what exactly does that look like? And since they can't actually sell cars, talk about cars, or talk about price, um, is it primarily focusing on things like the Powerwall um, and the uh, solar roof? Or uh, can they also, um, do they also have uh, like car demonstrations and things like that there? Thanks. Dan, I am glad you brought this up. Yes, here is the info on that bill via Tesla Radio. Thanks to Tesla Radio for this. In addition to authorizing the sale of autonomous cars, the package includes funding for the American Center for Mobility, a research campus where autonomous driving technologies can be tested before being offered to the public. Quote, by establishing guidelines and standards for self-driving vehicles, we're continuing that tradition of excellence in a way that protects the public safety, while at the same time allows the mobility industry to grow without overly burdensome regulations, Governor Rick Snyder said at a bill signing ceremony. He continued saying, quote, we are still the heart and soul of the auto industry. Make no mistake about that. Uh, the This legislation will turn, quote, the eyes of the world once again on Michigan for its engineering and its research, says Michigan Senator Ken Horn, a co-sponsor on this legislative package. Uh, Senator Horn continues saying, quote, it's a different kind of car building, but car building nonetheless. Let's unpack this. Ironically, the bill was endorsed wholeheartedly by Ford and GM, Oddly, no mention of Chrysler here. Uh, Not to get too far off track, but remember that I do have a standing theory that based on their 
seeming apathy towards electric vehicles, I have a, a theory that Chrysler, if they continue to not act on electric vehicles soon, I believe Tesla will replace Chrysler as one as one part of the American big three in the automotive industry. But uh, but yeah, the Ford and GM wholeheartedly endorse this bill, despite, as you noted, Dan, that they have fought tooth and nail to keep Tesla from opening stores and selling their cars directly to consumers in the state. Uh, in the gallery, by the way, to answer your other question, employees that, the, the, of course, you recall from, what, a week or two ago, just very, very recently, Tesla did sort of defy uh, the government a bit and opened a gallery in Michigan. So in those galleries, employees, Tesla employees can talk to people all about the cars. They talk all about them, but they can't sell them and they can't discuss price. They instead have to just refer customers to the Tesla website. And they, of course, have computers set up right in those galleries. So uh, this bill, the bill, quote, authorizes the sale of autonomous cars in Michigan. So does what I'm curious, does that mean that if Tesla is the first automaker to market with level four autonomous cars, as I expect, obviously, yes, of course, I'm a Tesla fanboy, but uh, that does seem to be where we're heading here. Does that mean that Tesla won't be able to sell them in Michigan? Because Michigan just signed a bill. <laughs> they just signed a bill saying uh, that they can be sold, but they also have a bill that's, that's uh, Tesla can't sell them directly to consumers. So uh, apparently Tesla won't be able to, if I had to guess, as, as things stand currently. Also, I believe that, that uh, Michigan State Senator Ken Horn is absolutely wrong about his quote of the eyes of the world being once again on Michigan for its engineering and its research. Uh, I would respectfully say, sorry, Senator, the world's eyes wandered to the Bay Area four years ago. I want to go next to Joe from Washington, D.C. I had asked last week if any of you had any stories from meeting Elon Musk. Seems I'm not the only one who hasn't met him. Joe was the only one I heard from, which is okay. If you've got a story, feel free to call in, share it. Email, you know, record a voice memo on your phone, email it in, uh, teslapodcast at gmail.com, however you want to do it. But uh, Joe did have a story. So let's hear from Joe. Hi, Ryan. Joe Edgel from Emotion Rentals in Washington, D.C. You asked about Elon's story, so I've got a good one. In 2011, I was a Brookings Legis Fellow working for a congressman on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. Elon and the SpaceX crew were making the rounds on Capitol Hill because they were locked out of the military launch market and wanted in, so they needed a change of the law. So I knew one of the SpaceX staffers and managed to set up a meeting with my boss. Uh, Elon came in and the boss wasn't ready. So I hung out for about 10 or 12 minutes and chatted Elon and his staff up, had a really great conversation. Nice guy. Boss came in, had a good meeting. Then afterwards, I escorted them out into the hallway after Elon, being the star that he is, signed a few autographs in the office. Um, uh, when they came out, I asked Elon if he would mind if I passed on a resume and I handed 
handed him over my resume. Uh, I got the nicest rejection letter, Ryan, a couple of days later from his placement director. Always wanted to work for SpaceX and still do. Never managed to have that work out. But uh, still have my fingers crossed. So anyhow, that's my Elon story. Nice guy. Would really love the chance to chat with him again. Keep up the good work on the podcast, Ryan. Bye. Joe, good for you for passing on your resume in that scenario. Because, you know, you've, you've got to take the bull by the horns there. You have to take that opportunity when it comes because that is probably a one-shot opportunity. I salute you, sir. And I'm glad to hear that Elon was so nice and, and I think it's great that you not only, I mean, you not only got a moment with him, but you got about 15 moments all in a row. So uh, that's pretty awesome. And, I, and I, hope, I hope that you're still trying to get that SpaceX gig, Joe. Do not give up on that. Just absolutely do not give up. And uh, thank you for sharing that awesome story. That was fantastic. Uh, let's go now to uh, Tiag from Libsyn, pardon me, Lisbon, Portugal. Let me get that correct. Uh, Libsyn is my hosting service provider. Lisbon, Portugal, uh, who wonders about the Gigafactory 2 in Europe that Tesla has been talking about that they will eventually need and eventually do. Uh, So, Tiago, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Tiago from Lisbon, Portugal here. I wanted to ask your opinion on Tesla European project of a Gigafactory 2. First of all, do you think this will just be a battery factory or do you think it's going to be battery car production and potentially uh, solar panels and roofs uh, all in one place also do you have any bets on what european country tesla is going to bet on to to build this gigafactory um on a sideline portuguese people are really excited about tesla going uh, maybe into portugal uh, they created a a group uh, like a Facebook group uh, bring the Gigafactory to Portugal like a Giga in Portugal they ha- they already have more than 66,000 members it made the national news and everything they have already had a, a conference in Lisbon debating ideas what could be done to attract Tesla uh, to come into Portugal and I think to be honest there's quite a, a nice few things in favor of Portugal to to have Tesla interested Apparently, Portugal is the biggest European producer of minerals with lithium, which is uh, good for the batteries, of course. Um, there are areas in Portugal with, that have the highest number of uh, sunshine hours per year. That's in Europe. Um, and obviously, this is in the interest of the solar energy and uh, renewable energies. Um, there's a good level of engineering work and maybe lower cost for Tesla since like uh, incomes, uh, unfortunately in Portugal, are still lower than most countries in Europe. But I guess in terms of uh, a business, you can save some money in costs there. Yeah, so I really just wanted to hear your opinion on these matters and thank you very much for the podcast. I always look forward uh, for the weekend to to hear it and keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Thank you for the call. And uh, this is, by the way, this is an excellent discussion topic. Uh, I think Gigafactory 2 in Europe is going to start with batteries and cars. But uh, I think it's going to be able to scale up to produce solar panels and power wall 
should it become necessary. But I do think it's going to be batteries and cars for sure, not just batteries, because it's it's the the economics of that just would make a lot more sense for Tesla if they're going to invest the money uh, and and put a you know massive Gigafactory two somewhere in Europe. It makes you know you're already going if you're going that far, you might as well put in assembly lines for cars too and, and build cars for Europe so that you don't have to ship anything from from uh, California anymore there. Uh, I, let's see, what else did I want to say on this? Uh, oh yeah, to your, your second question about where it's going to be built. Uh, well, I, I do think Tesla will take factors like lithium deposits and weather into account, as, as you very well noted, in, in Portugal's favor. I honestly think I think it'll, it's just going to end up being it's going to play out exactly like Gigafactory One in Sparks, Nevada, uh, which is that Tesla is going to build it in whichever country gives them the best deal. I mean, that's Elon's going to make the best deal he can there. I mean, remember, uh, New Mexico and Northern California were both in the mix. They were both considered for Gigafactory One, but Nevada offered Tesla the the best economic incentives package, and they took it. So they, they took it. I suspect we're going to see the same thing play out with regard to Gigafactory 2 in Europe. Final call this week comes to us from Chip in Cocoa Beach, Florida. He's got a Model 3 reservation, but has never been in a Tesla. And I suspect uh, Chip may speak for a lot of the Model 3 reservation holders in the Ride the Lightning audience. So uh, I thought uh, we'd play Chip's call and see if see if uh, I might be able to share a bit of my experience here. So, Chip, go ahead. Hello, Ryan. This is Chip from Cocoa Beach, Florida. I have a basic and simple question. I'm a Model 3 reservation holder, yet I've never ridden in a Tesla. Can you tell us what it sounds like? How loud is a Tesla compared to an ICE car when you're riding in it? Do you hear it? Can you tell a noticeable difference from the inside? Is it like you're riding in a jet and you just hear this whooshing or what? Help us newbies out and describe it to me. Thanks. Love the podcast. Peace out. Thanks for the call, Chip. And I am, of course, I am more than happy to talk about this. I, this is like you're, you're teeing me up here. I love a good excuse to talk about the Tesla experience because it always just gets me so pumped up. Uh, by the way, though, I, I do want to say before I get into that, Chip, that if you get a chance... I would strongly encourage you, if you can, to take a trip to the Orlando Tesla store, which, if, if Google is correct, uh, is the closest store to you in Cocoa Beach. It's, it looked like it was about an hour away from you or so. Uh, it's, I think it's worth the trip to just, just go test drive the S, uh, because they'll, they'll let you. They, they, they will make it happen for you, especially if you're a Model 3 reservation holder. Uh, what I can tell you is that to answer your question specifically, it is a very, very quiet ride. You actually hear tire noise more than anything else where normally it's a little strange at first because you're not used to hearing tire noise in a gas powered car because the, the engine and the, the exhaust, the two of those are, are louder than the, those are overpowering any tire noise that may happen, but since those those don't exist in a Tesla, you've just got the tire noise. I remember the uh, the first time, or when yeah, it was when I had the the P eighty five for a few days when I was reviewing it for IGN. It was a beautiful twenty thirteen multi coat 
uh, red S. And I took it out. If you, For those of you in the Bay Area, I know I've got a lot of California listeners. Uh, I took it over uh, through 84, Woodside, from uh, between 280 and I was heading for the coast. And it's just, it's just nature. It's just twisty roads, farmland. It's, it's beautiful over there. And I came up to uh, a, a four-way stop at some point, and there's just nothing else around. And just, just stopped, stopping at the, uh, with the windows down, you just, you, it's weird to just sit there out in the middle of nature in a car and not hear anything. You know, there's no, there's no rumble of the exhaust. There's no, you know, that low idle of a, of an ICE engine. So, uh, it's, it was just strange, but in a, in a very good way, it was like, wow, this is neat. It's, uh, it's just so peaceful and quiet. I love it. Um, what else? Uh, I, I think the biggest takeaway though, from a ride in a Tesla is how smooth it is. Not, it's not even how quiet it is. It's how smooth it is. Cause there's no 300 pound vibrating internal combustion engine in the car. There's no transmission in the car. And of course there's no exhaust in the car, as I just mentioned. So it's a very smooth ride, which in my humble opinion makes for a very comfortable ride. Uh, in fact, my wife commented on that exact thing the last time we were driving around in my cousin Pat's Model S, the last time we were visiting New Jersey, uh, New Jersey, Arizona a couple months ago. Uh, so again, I, I really can't encourage you enough to make a trip to drive one if you can, Chip. And actually, this applies to all of you that have Model 3 reservations that have never been in a Tesla before. Go experience it. Uh, Tesla's very uh, open-minded and very friendly. They, they are not shy about test drives. Uh, and it particularly, if you're a Model 3 reservation holder, you know they're, they're going to be more than interested. They'll have a business reason to let you have that test drive in addition to just being cool, which most of them are in my experience, because, you know, they're going to, they're going to try to see if you get hooked on the S and see if they can sell you an S now while you wait for model three. So everybody, yeah, if you, if you've never been in a Tesla and you've got a Tesla store somewhere within uh, range of you, I would encourage you to, to call ahead, you know, go, maybe go on Tesla's website, make a, see if you can make a test drive reservation and go experience it because it's it's really really something else and and see what uh, what your future is going to be like with the Model Three. I want to thank everybody for their calls this week. Again, just a nice group of of uh, really fun and eclectic calls. So again, you can call in any time. The toll free number to call or Skype is one eight 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 nine eight nine eight seven five two. You can also email those if you just record them on your phone and your voice memo program and then email it to teslapodcast at gmail.com. And I, I, next week, I'll have the upgraded Ride the Lightning hotline deployed and have any uh, additional info for you on, on because uh, I think you, you'll be able to submit via your phone that way too. So more on that next week. I'll be right back to wrap things up for you here right after this. All right, my friends, as the year winds down, I want to uh, want to give a big shout out to abstractocean.com. They've been very kind to the audience of this show by offering a 20% discount code. Again, they uh, as I mentioned every week, 
they have a bunch of cool Tesla accessories, both things that are for the cars and also just fun uh, non-car non part accessories, things like lanyards and other neat stuff. So if you want to take a look at the sites, you see anything that interests you, podcast listeners here can get 20% off your order, get everything in your cart, check out, and at checkout, use the coupon code RTLpodcast. That's abstractocean.com. Uh, my Patreon is up at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If uh, you appreciate this podcast, you get a lot out of it, would greatly appreciate if you would uh, take a look at that page at least and see if you might consider supporting my efforts here. Uh, Gene and the wonderful folks at teslarati.com, their support is, is consistent. It is appreciated. They do a great job. Uh, of covering Tesla news on a daily basis. The site's, the site's gorgeous, too, since it's redesigned earlier this year. So teslarati.com, give that a look. Give that a bookmark. Check in there from time to time. Dave T. does his wonderful weekly Tesla newsletter. It drops every Friday into your email box, and uh, Dave does a great job of summing up the week's Tesla news in a very bite-sized email newsletter format. So sign up for that for free at teslaweekly.com. I remind you, we are almost to 10 referrals with Michael from Milbray's uh, referral code. So you're running out of time to order a Tesla and get free supercharging for life. So if you've been listening to the show, you've been thinking about ordering an S or an X, and you're thinking now might be the time, get yourself $1,000 off by using Michael from Milbray's referral code. Just punch this into your web browser. It's a short link. It's ts.la slash Michael. 2204. Enter that, and it's going to bring you to a uh, design studio. It'll ask you to choose S or X, whichever one you intend to order. Configure away, and you will get yourself $1,000 off of your vehicle there. Thank you so much to Michael from Milbray for, for donating the code. So I've got that uh, chance to win the car. And uh, thanks to all of you who've used it, because uh, Michael from Milbray has now got himself an Elon autographed Powerwall coming his way, which he was uh, writing me super psyched about, as he should be. Uh, most of you subscribe to the show via a podcast service of some sort, but uh, so if you don't do that, you're just listening on sort of an episode-by-episode basis, go ahead and subscribe. It's easier. Then it's just pushed to you automatically every week. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or via the RSS feed, which can be found at teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, Com. I want to give a sincere thanks, as always, to the Patreon producers, the very, very supportive folks who uh, pledge $20 or more per month in support of my efforts on this podcast. That's Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, David Brander, our friend Nick Hoffman, we mentioned earlier, Jonathan Wales, John Waltower, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, and Alexi Heft. Uh, again, email me at teslapodcast at gmail.com if you've got any interesting things for the podcast, any questions for me. You can follow me on Twitter as well at DMC underscore Ryan. That'll do it. Uh, I'll be here. Of course, I'm, I'm not planning on uh, taking any holiday time off for the podcast this year. I'm not traveling. So show's going to keep coming at you every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern as it has since the beginning, since I started it. Uh, so I will see you all back here next week. Happy electric motoring, everybody, and happy holidays as well. 